The defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, have concluded spring practice, and now we have a much better look on what we can expect in a depth chart going into summer and fall camp. Also, we have all the latest news, all things UGA. As always, I'm Cheeto, and with me is Keegan, and welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. Kicks. Cheeto. I we like made it. it we made it through another spring, man. We did. I was it's weird because something about back-to-back national titles. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not hungry for more, but like I'm just I just came off a high. I know it was just 420, but like the two national titles really just got me coming off of a high. And a lot of the news is slightly undramatic. So I find myself trying to find reasons to stay engaged more so than normal because we have a duty to bring you all the news and talk this good Georgia football fodder. So it's been, in my opinion, a little bit dead, but as time went on and as this as the confetti uh settled and every everything kind of you know took its took its uh as nature ran its course. Finally, the hype was starting to be real in me. The football conversation started to be real. And the quarterback, uh, you know, the quarterback room really had a lot of intrigue for me uh, going into spring football. So eventually I did get warmed up to it. I needed my reprieve. But, man, now I'm back in football mode. We just had a great. It's right back to it, bro. Business as usual. It's right back to it. So, like, you know, the cardio is getting ramped up. The vitamin D is coming back up. Uh there, there's no more post-national championship back-to-back hangovers for me. So Absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to what is new for Georgia, what's new for 2023. And the spring game, the spring, like, that's not the words. Spr- the spring game has me very excited for what is to come. And I think the the one word I, I would I would use to describe this is competition. I loved, I loved the competition. And it seems to me that, you know, for, for all my uh, more biblically inclined people, there's a saying that says iron sharpens iron. And with the Preach. University, yes, Preach. With, yes, with the University of Georgia, it seems like that that really could be the slogan for the Kirby Smart era, because. I mean, it seems like year to year, we're always talking about the walk-ons that just balled out in the spring game or the, the third guy on the depth chart or the, or the transfer that we didn't expect to do anything. The thing is, is that Georgia, we can, we will talk depth chart. We'll talk, uh, you know, G day winners. But the biggest thing for me is that we, I think the whole fan base wins when everything is that competitive, when you got a bunch of guys that, you know, are studs and, they're fighting for their jobs. Like, that's a great feeling. So what did you see out of G-Day? I'm done with my little soliloquy, but how did you feel? Who are the G-Day winners in your estimation? And 
you know, what competitions really just kind of, uh, you know, outside of the quarterback situation, what competitions really just lit you up and have you, you know, eyes, pe- eyes peeping emoji? <laughs> well, I, de- I definitely want to sit and focus on the quarterback competition because I think that's really where a lot of eyes were. We talked about it on the last podcast, and I think that we have some answers. But before we get into that, like the meat and the potatoes, I wanted to give a shout out to somebody, uh, another walk-on who has been getting a lot of buzz before g-day but showed up and had a big day and that's from makai muse now he's not gonna he's not gonna be a a staple in the offense or the defense but if you remember back in the back in the day we had a one isaiah mckenzie who's now in the, in the nfl a special team performer somebody who just they when the ball is in their hands they're just electric and makai muse showed that up and down the field, had that 199-yard return, got involved in the passing game. I want to say he had four-plus catches and had a great day receiving as well. Don't expect him to line up in the slot or anything like that, but special teams, I think you can always use that spark, especially when uh, someone like Kirby, who really values offense and defense, having that next layer, that third layer of your special teams being a game-changer is huge. So shout-out to Makai Muse. He is from uh, Gwinnett County. Um, not a big dude, my size, but he's out there just making plays on the regular. So I hope that he can get involved either as a punt returner or a kick returner this year for sure. Dude is a baller, and it just makes the bench look that much more uh, threatening when, you know, let's – I mean, the wide receiver room, any other year, that that would just make me feel like that guy is probably going to get playing time. I don't know if he'll, he will see the field, Muse, but the thing is, is our, you know, our wide receiving competition – is so stout that, you know, a, a guy who, I don't know, was he like the fifth string walk-on wide receiver, wh- uh, whatever it may be, is really like, you know, popping into the headlines. Kirby's talking about him. We're talking about him. It's not just a cute mention. The dude balled out of control. I was like, who is this? You know, I, mean, I haven't even heard his name. So that's the kind of thing that we have come to really, I mean, I hope I'm, I'm trying not to take it for granted, but, you know, it's become commonplace in the Kirby era having guys like Muse be on your team, compete at a high level. But see, that is, to me, at least potentially, the power of, you know, the Stetson Bennett story uh, and just the power of competition. Because you want guys that know in their heart that they're ballers coming to your school, even if they're fighting for bench time. Because at the end of the day, you want the whole team. You don't want a bunch of slackers at the bottom half of your roster. You don't want Well, it's, it's like this. A lot of schools like to act – as if the stars don't matter. But like in reality, a lot of times coaches are pressured, position coaches and coaches are pressured to put these guys at because the fans want to see them. But here at the University of Georgia, it's if you have five stars or you, you're a walk-on, if you come in and you compete and you fight, whether the coaches like it or not, and Kirby's admitted it several times, like they didn't, they really didn't want to play Stetson, but he left them no choice. If you're making the plays and doing what the coaches ask you to do and you're balling out like Makai Muse, now we're talking about you on the podcast. And that that's a lot of credit to what Kirby has built. It's less like, oh, you know, you're just going to get a free pass. Like, no, you're going to have to grind with the rest of the guys. And if you shine and no one knows your name, they're going to know your name tomorrow. And hey, that's what I really love about this program. Absolutely. And, you know, if one thing I can say, I think there just seems to be a bias with size. You know, we see a guy that's shorter, we think not as good. Or we, I don't know, we we categorize that in such a way that it. Well, we project you know, to the NFL. People like me, we're projecting out to the NFL already. You know, like I'm, yeah. I think of prospects, especially blue chip guys, right? 
I'm already thinking about, you know, after they develop and have a college career, could they project out to be a first round, second round pick? So like nothing against Stinnett, nothing against Stetson. I always want to call say that nothing against <laughs> Stetson and nothing against Makai Muse, but physically, physically, they are limited to some degree. Now they, they got on the field and they've balled out and we went back to back national champions, but some of us project out and that's not a discredit to them. That's just kind of, you know, how well, some people see it. And I think there's something to that. I do. I do probably think that it, it, a lot of times it probably does translate to pre- productivity, but there's something about a competitive edge. And the one thing, you know, there, there are the work guns of the world. There are a uh, buddy for, that played forever and a day for the Philadelphia Eagles really undersized. He was sure. back uh, dropping his name, but you guys probably will know. Even, but even Darren Sproles. Darren, Darren Sproles. Sproles. That's actually yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. So, yeah, and, yeah. and then you got guys like uh, Muggsy Bowles. <laughs> yeah, it does Bogues, happen. Bogues yeah. in the NBA and uh, Spud Webb. Like there are, For sure. there are little happen. guys that are not just small. They are like tiny, and mm. it, and probably any level you would be like no. But the, but also to be fair, they're either freakishly fast or I mean freakishly explosive. You know what I'm saying? So it's not so yes, but like to to get to that professional level, you have to have some something off the charts. I think it. I think it is that, and I think it's got to be the the competitive edge because at a lot of that. because think about it. You're going if you're going to the league, any league level, and you're being told you're undrafted. Okay, that's your first barrier that you got to be like, no, nah, I'm going to make it. <laughs> and then when you get on the team, they're like, you're going to get cut. <laughs> no facts. facts. You know, I'm just saying like, there's something to that. But anyway, I, I just love and, the fact. And we'll keep going, problem. and we'll talk about this yeah. later. But I, I want to make one more. Uh, point on that a current point Austin Reeves playing for the Los Angeles Lakers a lot of people had no idea now he did play at Oklahoma I think a couple years or a little bit after Trey Young went there yeah. I didn't know about him he went undrafted now they chose to do that they want he wanted to go to the Lakers and get exposure and guess what he did like he is not a household name yet but he's getting close and the kid can play ball yeah, white guy in the NBA, not physically imposing, but the kid plays ball. So, like, I'll, I'll give you that. He's a competitor, so I'll give you that. But uh, one more winner before we go off too much on a tangent. Gotta right. love a podcast, right? <laughs> um, we talked about this a lot in the other, in the previous podcast. Carson Beck versus uh, BVG Brock Vandergriff, and we said I wanted Brock Vandergriff to show why he was in the middle of this competition. I wanted him to play as good or better and leave a little bit of doubt. Because what we decided was Carson Beck's going to have to separate himself for him to be considered the early favorite. And after Saturday, I watched him make these throws in the pocket, going through his progressions, making good decisions. As of right now, Carson Beck is the winner of, of G-Day, hands down to me. Because he he separated himself like a lot of people wanted him to do. I wanted to see it. Brock Vandergriff didn't have a great day. I still think he's definitely going to be um, a, very much a part of UGA's plans in the QB in the QB room, which is loaded with depth. But Carson Beck, have yourself a day, my guy. I mean, it just looked the part. A technician in the pocket looks like Bobo's had a, a good hand in keeping his development going in the right way, and I, I was impressed. I was too. It looked clean. He played efficient, and he just looked unfazed, comfortable, honestly. So, I think that is kind of the takeaway. But I will say that. The on-paper stats and potentially just maybe the direction of the conversation uh, d- maybe doesn't give BVG enough credit because he was a victim of, like, many drops. I think it was, like, four or five drops. So 
his efficiency would have been a little bit higher. And, you know, he's not running with all of the uh, first-team guys all the time, and maybe not until really the second half. So I think that, to me, it, does, it I think that the two things are clear. Carson Beck is the guy that came away looking like he needs to be our starter, for sure. But Brock Vandergrift looked like someone that is going to continue to push Carson. Give If he had, uh, you know, no drops, you know, his numbers are close. And, you know, he, he's going to be a good backup. And, and with the news that he's going to stay, you know, with that news that BBG has announced, or I don't know if he announced or. He, uh, he, 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 he did. And, that, and that's huge for us. That's yeah. huge for us. He's going to, he's going to develop a ton. Hopefully nothing happens to Carson. If, if, if he has to miss a game, BBG's right there. I feel pretty comfortable. Especially that gives us a lot of confidence. Yes. And that's really good for our QB room because <clears throat> Here in the last handful of years, there's been a lot of quote-unquote controversy, right? But now, like in an ideal situation, you got your guys, you know, like plugging and chugging for lack of a more romantic way. The consistency as well. The consistency as well. And so I like like the fact, for one, the QB room seems to be pretty tight. These guys like like each other. It's not like everyone's at at each other's throats. Uh, And I think that's the kind of maturity you want. You don't want a bunch of like, Petty, selfish. I just want the bag. I just want the NFL. I just want my shine. Sitting and waiting, that's that's rare these days. That's the leader of your team. And I've been on teams with very toxic QBs, and it's just not cool. So I I like the overall vibe of the room. I like the trajectory things are on. Like, it would have made me very happy to see BBG ball out and us be coming here today being like, you know, that's our guy. We got another stet, a bigger Stetson Bennett, like all the things. He really is that five-star talent. We thought, like, the dude is going to be there. I, I do believe that BVG will see his time. But for the, the for the development and just rooting for Carson and just for the overall program, it's even more solidified that he, you know, is kind of the, the guy that we're looking at going for our, to be our starter come fall. And I think it, uh, you know, makes me feel good knowing that the progression of these QBs – Gunner's already said he's going to graduate at Bulldog. So, you know, Gunner, we, you know, we can get into that. He looked a little uh, young at times, but, you know, the dude made some plays and you could tell that, you know, he's got, he's got that kind of like Jake from Moxie. Like if we didn't have a guy, someone like Gunner could be your guy. Like he could really come into form halfway through the season. Like Gunner, Gunner's going to get there. Helping. So he'll get there. I'm not worried we, about Gunner we, right now. We have what we need. Uh, and we'll talk about, you know, future five-star quarterbacks potentially coming into Georgia down the line but as far as just our development letting guys grow into uh you know who they're supposed to be who who they can be at georgia is is good for their future and honestly it's it's great for the university of georgia so i like that what we saw in carson and dude just looks way more mature like we've been talking about carson beck but carson is now at a level where he he's just you you have to kind of like live the role right and his maturity and you know his overall confidence really just lets him uh you know he's convincing me as a fan that you know he belongs where he belongs but uh where where do you see things going as you know after spring i know we got a good look at the depth chart how do you feel about you know a, a few guys were out but just overall where do you where do you find yourself uh as far as like guys that maybe you didn't expect or guys that you know you're it's it's a wash. Like obviously they're going to be the starter. Like where are you with all that? So this is probably one of my favorite parts of the year. Um, this is because I I generally 
enjoy kind of like putting rosters together, seeing what fits, who trying to see like this player has this experience or has this ceiling. And I think that really gives you, again, you can look at it from like all conference, all American, you can put together a roster and see how good this team potentially can. And we just went through Carson Beck, BBG and uh, Gunnar Stockton. I think that's going to be the one, two, three as is Um, doesn't look like anybody's taking a major jump. Hopefully knock on wood, there's no major injuries. So that seems to be tight. Uh, now, from the running back perspective, I think I'm going to go with what I'm looking for. There's already some depth charts out there that have their opinions on what things should be. I'm just going to give you my take. And Keegan, I definitely want to uh, get your input as well. So at running back, I-, I think this team will be the best, even though we didn't get to see him during the spring, Kendall Milton being your number one back. Now, as far as your depth there, we do have Dejon Edwards and Branson Robinson had a increased role due to Kendall Milton's injury. I like Branson Robinson being your 2A. I just I just think he gives the room a lot more upsides. Dejon Edwards is a reliable back. He's had some fumble issues uh, from time to time, but I think Branson Robinson is literally Nick Chubb reincarnated for those who believe in that type of stuff. He is a stocky back, runs with power, probably even a little bit more agile than Nick Chubb. So really looking forward to what he can do, especially after the national championship where we saw him in some garbage time against TCU. He even he was already just bullying D1 competition. So really excited about him. What what are your thoughts on the running back room? So I kind of like Dejon stay, staying ahead of, of Branson. But if he Most show, if he shows me uh you know game one, game two, game three earlier in the season, I might change my mind with that. Because you know, Dejon for a minute, I mean, I know people who listened last year, I was we awesome. relied on him, no doubt. Like he's like our guy on paper that's getting the most yards per carry. So the statistician and the curious potential uh, couch potato coach that that lies to me wants to see more reps with Dejon because, you know, it's all about those intriguing stat lines. Sometimes a stat line will tell you a whole lot of potential. Sometimes it's, you know, it could be in garbage time or there could be more to the story. Like, oh, that day he had six pancakes, but they were on their fifth string defensive end or something. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then sometimes you're like, buddy had five pancakes like you know what he won't he won't eat an ihop now like what let me look into this so sometimes I, you know you just get intrigued by the stats and i just kind of that's the football nerd in me so i just want to see if dejon is as good as the stat line can he continue if we improve the load does he continue to be a you know a, the the highest yards per carry kind or of does guy? he or does he regress to the wrong. mean it's a fair question it's so a fair that, question so that's kind of what i want to know about that but if but given that, once I get that answer, I'm all for our, our young. I'm all for meeting the Robinsons this this for year. sure, and a lot of depth. So either way it goes, um, again, whoever's the best is going to play and provides a lot of confidence. Now the big the big question of of the entire offense, I think the wide receiver room and then the offensive line are the most where you can kind of jumble up and pick your pieces and do what you want to. I want to get your thoughts on the wide receiver room. For those who are familiar with wide receiver rooms and kind of how offenses are structured, there's an X, there's a Y, there's a, a Z oftentimes. But let's think of it. Let's do X. Let's do X, Z in a slot for, for sake of time. So, Keegan, give me who who you're liking as starters. Give me like three wide receivers as starters. And then if you have any rotation pieces that you've gained a lot of confidence in, what are you looking at as far as the wide receiver room? Who do you want to see start? Well, this one's tough because we got two new faces that are going to be really good. And a lot of guys that we know have been maturing and getting better 
that really showed how good they were last year and then a whole group of young guys to deal with. So, I mean, if I'm the coach for this room, I'm just (laughs) – I mean, I might just put names in a hat, honestly, because I don't think you can go wrong. But if I had to go number one, uh, you know, but my my ex, my deep threat, my George Pickens, I would go with uh, – the thing is, is I haven't seen enough of Dominic Lovett to really know. But well, if and, we, we don't, and we don't know. There's a lot more left to be decided from now until fall. I just want from this point today, who's giving you enough confidence or who do you think Kirby has enough confidence in to start today? hate this question all right arians i would go arian smith i would you know he's got that knock the top off a of defense speed so even even though that could be end around and you could put right. him in the slot, is he the I, best wide receiver maybe not but that threat that threat like, allows you to do so much more yeah so i like him at the one and then two i i, I guess i gotta go uh I mean, honestly, I'm going Marcus Rosemey Jackson. I'm going to go with the devil I know, and then I'll go uh, Lad McConkey for the three. But at the same time, I'm like, man, all three of those guys could. And be that's okay. And, 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 they're, six, so. and they're going to rotate. And I want to, I want to, I want to give you some input here because you, you hit it right on the head as far as what I have. I've got Rosemey Jackson being the X, more the possession receiver. Aaron Smith is not the best wide receiver on this at all, but the track speed and the pulling the top off of defense is huge. So I got him at the Z and then you can take your pick, but I trust Lad McConkey. They're, they're saying Dominic Lovett has been unguardable in spring. So Lad McConkey, Dominic Lovett at the slot, take your pick. I'm fine with either. I just trust Lad right now. And then other people who I want to see get a ton of reps is Dylan Bell. Dylan Bell has slowly been developing, but every time the ball is thrown his way, it's a completion, a touchdown or a great catch. So he's the next one. Raw, raw. We haven't heard a lot of, good things about yet but i expect him to come along too but those four right now those are my wide receivers i want to see consistently they've shown it they've proved it that's where i'm at yeah and this kind of for me the one word i said at the beginning of the show competition like we just have so much depth that we're not dealing with uh poor man problems we're dealing with rich people problems we're we our level of problem in this in this part of the season is so much higher and better overall across the board not to say that we might you know we might have some uh, holes in our armor or whatever at, at some point or at some position group, but overall, I just at feel, some point. yeah, at, at, at this point in the season, I mean, football hasn't even really started, but for spring football, I can't remember. I mean, definitely not at wide receiver ever. We've usually been plagued with a lot of injuries ever. in that room for whatever reason. So yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a blessing and a joy to see everybody a whole, what a whole room can look like. So I I've enjoyed it. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, th- that room looks really well. And the other room that, you know, is getting a lot of attention is the offensive line. And the big competition, maybe the surprise name, is Austin Blasky challenging for Ernest Green's spot, someone I thought that was going to be, you know, the shoe-in next tackle beside Ari- uh, across from Aries, uh, Ar- Mims. Amarius Mims. Amarius Mims, for sure. Thank so, from, from left guard to right guard, give me your five now and we'll talk about that depth because i think blasky has made made the depth in that room huge well we got to go with svp in at center obviously uh-huh. i like and it then, and then guard i'm dude i is tate so tate ratch tate ratledge tate b ratledge yes yeah, he, he was starting at the beginning of the season he yeah he was starting two seasons ago before the clemson in yeah. before he got yeah so he's he's in there that's that's a dumb deal so i think he's in there for sure and then other guard, I don't know, man. Who do you got? Like other guard? I got, I got Xavier Trust there. He's a mountain of a man. He's waited his time, and he's capable. 
for for sure. He I don't think that he, he might be the biggest lineman on the team. So I'm comfortable with him there. He's a he's a road grader as far as run blocking. I, I like Xavier Trush right there. Okay. Well again, we got eight guys that can start. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> got five spots. So Absolutely. It is a good place to be in. And, and 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 I don't know, sadly or to my chagrin or whatever it is, but like wide receiver room, offensive line room, every year, lot lots of attrition. Like yeah. there seems there seems to be at least one or two guys every year uh that go down and you know, it's like we you just want depth there. So I think that's a good situation for us. And hey, we're looking strong. Uh young guys. Did you did you see did you see anybody besides uh, Muse the walk on just ball out of control? Did you see anybody that just you know kind of surprised you? Uh, maybe new names or I know we saw a lot of. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll talk about one guy that I met uh, that maybe we might easily overlook, but because there's a situation in the running back room where we got to have more bodies on the field and it's a it's a position that you're already going to get beat up in a game, so we're not trying to run it a thousand times in spring game and thin out our depth chart at running back. But Cash Jones looked like a very capable receiver out of the running back position. And I know we got lots of depth for running straight down the field for fast guys that are going to, you know, either juke or break a tackle. But for catching the football out of the running back room, I'm not sure anybody, including the coaches, has spoken with confidence of who those guys are going to be. So, hey, Cash Jones really stepped up, made, uh, you know, took advantage of getting some extra playing time. We've we've seen his number called several times before in like the quote garbage time or the soft hours or the uh, the freshman quarter or whatever you want to call it. But Cash Jones really came through. So that's one person that kind of surprised me as far as, uh, you know, just adding some depth, adding some uh, some wrinkles maybe he can find himself in throughout the season, catching the football. Who Who's some guys that you were surprised by or just just some names that you, uh, you know, kind of pop, popped it off for you? Yeah, I thought there was a lot of young guys who had, did a lot of good things. We already mentioned Makai Muse. Um I, I watched I, I usually watch about the first half of the spring game and then catch the starters. I know they switched red and black quarterbacks. Um, and then we talked about a little bit about Gunner, too. So, so those are some of the young guys I was already looking at. Um, not much past that. But since our schedule is very soft, the first four games, we're going to see a lot of young guys in the rotation. But as conference play picks up, you're not going to see Georgia go a whole lot four deep, five deep, even though we could do that. You're not going to see that much. But um uh, and again, there there's some while there's are some question marks who have yet to prove themselves in live play. We do have uh, more players who are a little bit more concrete. So back to the O line, I'm like an Ernest Green at the left tackle. We talked about Xavier Truss guard, SVP Ratledge at the right guard, and then Amaris Mims. Him, the both the tackle positions are kind of interchangeable. So do what you want with that. Um, for the sake of time, the tight end room is Brock Bowers, and we'll just leave it at that. Want to see Lawson Lucky and Oscar Delp get some time, um, but that'll that'll just naturally come over the season. And then on the defensive side, as far as the front seven, I think this defense is going to be a little bit faster than in most years, and we have a ton of depth across the board as well at defensive end. I like Michael Williams holding it down. Defensive tackle, Warren Brinson, and Jordan Hall. Jordan Hall is one of those freshmen that one of the freshmen that you're gonna have to keep an eye on. And a lot of people are thinking that it, he may be a big reason, nose tackle, defensive tackle, while uh Bear Alexander has thinking about transferring to USC, which is just in the rumor mill right now. Nothing is set in stone, but that's what that is looking like at the moment. I like Tyrion Ingram Dawkins to have a good backup role. And again, with the defense. UGA, you got to understand Kirby plays everybody. 
if you're a starter, that's cool, but everybody's going to get some good rotation minutes. So the names that I'm putting out, you're going to see them on the field first. You're not going to see them only on the field. It is going to go down the line every game. Again, especially this first four-game stretch, we're playing a lot of cupcakes. Uh, nose tackle, Zion Loge, Nazir Stackhouse. Tons of youth there. Look out for Christian Miller, Jamal Jarrett. Outside linebacker, Chaz Chambliss is going to get the start because of his experience. Upside, you've got Marvin Jones Jr. Who Marvin Jones Jr. is one of these players that if you're going to get a UGA jersey, you need to consider getting his because he is like the like Jar, like Jarvis Jackson back in the day, or Jar, Jarvis JJ Jarvis Jones. Jarvis Jones, yeah. Jarvis Jones, excuse me, Jarvis Jackson. Jarvis Jones, just a game changer on the outside, blitz sack, stopping the quarterback, third down. He is going to be an artist. Also, tons of youth there with Darius Smith. Damus Wilson and Sam Pimba, these freshmen are going to be game changers. I'm trying to tell you now. So if you're not paying attention, please, please pay attention. And then an inside linebacker, I want to say this is probably the strength of our front seven. You've got Dumas Johnson returning along with Sma Munden, who are going to be the headliners of our defense, all SEC, maybe even all American if they play great. But there's a lot of depth there. EJ Lightsley is getting a lot of buzz after spring practice. Xavier Sori is getting a lot of love after spring practice. And then Jalen Walker, we saw flashes of him as well. And then secondary, we have Kamari Lasseter on one side, Dalen Everett on the other. Malachi starts, obviously he's going he's gonna to play a lot, but Dan Jackson coming back from injury is poised to have a big role in the secondary as well. As long with, along with Javard Bullard, they're going to move him from the star to the strong safety and slide Tyke Smith, the All-American from West Virginia, back to that star position. Just to add on a little bit of depth, Kirby's really big on adding depth. And then look out for David Daniel Sisavon, I think, at the strong safety position to add on to that depth. Along, along with the offense and the defense, in that depth chart, who are you most looking forward to or who did you like that you saw in the spring, Keegan? Well, Tyke Smith had a, a nice interception on one play. And we had kind of cued into him being like a guy that, you know, had waited his turn. It was ready to produce. And overall, I think we just had a bigger question mark on the deep, on the defensive secondary. And it seems like they have done uh, a good round of musical chairs. Everyone shuffled a little bit and there's depth. So dudes are looking strong. And what really to me was kind of a potential weakness is going to, looks like it's going to have time to get sorted out. And yeah, dudes, dudes are looking good. Uh, you kind of, you know, mentioned a, a number of who's who with the names and yeah, guys like uh, Dan Jackson adding depth. And, you know, of course, defense, it's like defense, it, man, I would have loved to play defense for Georgia. Cause it's like, it really doesn't matter who you are. You're getting on that field. Everybody gonna, contributes. So I, I love that. And we saw a lot of contribution in the spring game. So yeah, secondary is looking good. And I really like Tyke Smith stepping into that role, living up to the hype a little bit that we had uh, maybe prematurely put on him couple years ago so yeah so in in addition to that with some brief news for those who pay attention they're they're starting to have kind of like the way too early rankings coming out the fpi rankings just came out and again per usual they have FBI. disrespected uga and put us at number three they the said FBI. we're gonna go seven and five <laughs> we play all these michael jordan mental games but again <laughs> it kind of shows you kind of how the country looks at us obviously they always give alabama they always give ohio state all this love we go back to back yes we're changing quarterbacks but this is what they think of us and it's it's just fuel for us it's bulletin board material so 
have at it. But as far as recruiting, Keegan, I know you had some news or we talked a little bit about maybe some possible silent commits. What do you, what have you been hearing as far as recruiting so far? Well, people, you know, it's sometimes it's not about what you say. It's about what you don't say. And right now the other teams that are trying to get Dylan Riola's commitment have gone quiet and they're, they're looking at other the other people, you know, potentially to fill that role. So that has led to a lot of online chatter that Dylan Riola, five-star number one quarterback, number one player in the class of 2024 is in fact headed to Georgia. We don't know that for certain yet. Hold your horses. Nothing set in stone. They're kids. Yeah. We'll we'll wait for the news. But like I said, sometimes it's about what is not said to say what maybe potentially could be happening. And there's a lot of silence that is leading people to, conclude that hey you know georgia might be looking for a a nice uh quarterback all the way from phoenix arizona so uh that that looks good and then maybe on more of the negative side of things even though if we did get him he would bring in a ton of people uh you know that's that's the thing about a big uh, fish like dylan riola but on the other side maybe a little bit more negative news uh it looks like landon thomas number one tight end out of the 2024 class is recommitting to florida state kind of like right next to where he's from so it's, uh, you know, we, we were looking for Todd Hartley to have another big W on the recruiting trail, but it looks like that we're not getting that commitment. And, hey, it kind of makes sense. It's his hometown team. Florida State's trending upward, not just in, you know, on the field, but in recruiting too. So Mike Norvell, I think, got a good one. And and uh, that that is the other recruiting news. So, hey, man, it's it's NBA playoffs. LeBron, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for LeBron, man. At this point, his – his arc as uh, you know the nemesis, the public nemesis, has has gone past the point where I'm I'm cheering for him again. Like I I really want LeBron to son John Morant and all the disrespectful Memphis Grizzlies. So how how are you feeling about NBA playoffs, man? Uh, better they're even better than the Hawks, that's for sure. It's been good. Hawks have a tough road. They are down to zero. Knicks Cav has been a great series. They're tied one to one. The Nuggets are up two to zero on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Lakers Grizzlies has been interesting at one and one 76ers going to win their Suns clips two one bucks one and one and Kings up two one. So keep an eye out that because we're going to talk about it because it's been a great playoffs, but Keegan, it's been a blast dog nation. Appreciate you as always. And you guys, you know what it is off the leash. Dogs. Do it for the dogs. Do it for the dogs. I do it for the dogs. I do it for my dogs.